Learning how to monetize your domains, zero dollars. Listening to affiliate marketing tips on your iPod, zero dollars. Getting the latest search news on your cell phone, zero dollars. Listening to Dave N. talk about garlic breath, well, worthless. WebmasterRadio.fm, we're everywhere. Make an impact on your interactive marketing through performance, advertising, community outreach, and technology. Be captivated by the people who are leading the wave of change in the online marketplace. This is who AdTech is. AdTech Connect, your weekly radio show. Get behind the scenes with industry giants. Be privy to the insider track. Witness the newest technologies. Make sure you're in the scene each week with AdTech Connect. You're connected now with your host. I'm your host. This is Dave Evans with social media and marketing firm Digital Voodoo in Austin, Texas. With me today on Ad Tech Connect are Mitchell Johnson, filmmaker and founder of Snapsy, an online media content exchange, and Joe Newlight, founder and president of Without a Box, an innovator in the distribution and marketing of independent film. Snapsy and Without a Box are both examples of distinct, innovative paths taken as content creators and consumers alike push the boundaries of traditional media distribution and the actual creation of content. Snapsy and Without a Box both move beyond interesting online applications into the realm of true media channels. In doing so, both become as well platforms for equally innovative marketers and content creators, all seeking to reach in a more participative manner an increasingly hard-to-reach audience. Mitchell Johnson, independent filmmaker and chief executive officer of Snapsy, is also the producer of World Without Waves, a film that centers on the experience of a young media professional who realizes that he's developed an allergy to radiation. With issues surrounding cell phones regularly in the press, it's not a far-fetched scenario. Mitchell, as I said, is also the founder and CEO of Snapsy, a media content exchange that allows consumers and filmmakers alike to access content archives, collaboratively create expressive multimedia projects, and then share these online with others. Joe Newlight, co-founder and president of Without a Box, serves three primary constituencies through Without a Box, consumers, independent filmmakers, and film festival organizers. Without a Box provides a set of services supporting the development and distribution of films, as well as tools that festivals can use in both selecting and reviewing films and promoting the festivals themselves. For consumers, Without a Box is a great way to learn about new films and upcoming film festivals. Joe, let's start with you. I'm sure people are curious about the name of your firm. Can you explain Without a Box and, along with it, your vision? Uh, Sure, Dave. Um, We're asked about the name Without a Box a lot. And the truth is, it had its genesis 10 years before we even started the company in 2000. Uh, My good friend and co-founder, David Strauss, picked it as the name of his theater improv group in college. It then morphed into his sort of pet production company in film school, which we all had. And that's where I met him in 1992, and we began producing together. And then it became a real-world production company after graduation, and then it took this final iteration of Without a Box beginning in 2000, well, actually in 1999, which was like seven years ago this week. But it's, it's always signified the same values for us of breaking boundaries and seeing no limitations or possibility, which is very much the vision of the company today. Because our mission is to democratize film and bring to light the widest array of content in a way that's economical and integrated and manageable for filmmakers and buyers and distributors and festivals, while also creating, and and I think this is a key, the largest connected audience for independent film. And I, I guess Without a Box also signifies now the trend for us in media to be kind of non compartmentalized, more cross platform in that the lines between film and video and television and webisodes and podcasts, all of that, uh, those boxes are gone. The lines are blurring. Very cool. So, so Without a Box then is really an alternative platform for filmmakers, consumers, and so on. What kind of consumers do you think are most likely to be attracted to Without a Box, to its offerings, to the, uh, to the, to the proposition that you bring? The consumers that are attracted to Without a Box right now, in the early days of our social network come kind of from the inside out. It begins with all of the filmmakers at Without a Box starting to aggregate their supporters and their fans around them through our audience platform 
in an environment that I would say not so much about being generally social as it is about supporting the kind of film that can't really be found anywhere else except below the radar of mass culture. And on the flip side of that, it's also festivals beginning to use Without a Box as their audience interaction point, their hubs during the festival, and as their ticketing systems. And in both of these cases, filmmakers and festivals were able to make Without a Box a private label platform on the festival's own website or the filmmaker's own website that whether they're filmmakers or festivals or even film buyers or national film commissions or audience members themselves, uh, they would be able to uh, market the films that they're interested in. And then at withoutabox.com itself, at the site, where all, all these lines come together, is a place to explore all of it together rather than from any given point on the node. So Very I cool. would say that... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, very cool. I, I really like the idea of the, um, of, of the below the radar of mass culture. Uh, did you want to, uh, you, you were continuing, I didn't, I didn't mean to, to interrupt you there. Uh, well, I, I guess just to the point about what kinds of consumers uh, that you were asking, I, we almost like to think of our consumers as, as patrons, as, as participating more at the source, more at where this stuff is coming from. And, and, and I don't think it's alternative, except in the sense that, you know, it needs to be funnier or it needs to be more meaningful or it needs to be scarier or truer than what's being put out by the major media. Good. Mitchell, you, you conceived of Snapsy at least partly to address the issue that you faced as a filmmaker. Uh, can you talk a little bit about the genesis of Snapsy? And then I want to come back to this conversation about, so what, what is alternative and so on? Who is it that we're reaching and then what we'll do is we'll tie that back to if we're creating these kinds of audiences, how is how is this useful for for marketers for your for your own marketing purpose, uh, you know, and so on. But Mitchell, if you could give us a, a brief sort of your vision of Snapsy and and how is it that, that this platform came about? Snapsy really came out of my. I've been working as an independent filmmaker professionally. Have my own company now for almost thirty years, Dave, and. I think to some degree, things the more things change, the more they're the same, and that means that for me as a independent filmmaker, it's about trying to you know make the films that I think are important to me, and at the same time trying to pay the bills. And in, in the try to pay the bills department, I sort of through a set of coincidences ended up in Russia creating a television series with ABC News about 1993 about America after Perestroika. And I uh, went into the Russian film and photo archives one day and uh, discovered uh, an amazing world of, uh, of content, if you will, content from this huge culture that, and what was unusual about this content, it was owned by one owner, the Russian state. So that, that part of me, which you know, had to think about making a living, the, the light bulb kind of went off and said, you know, I think someday in this uh, convergence uh, convergence that is about to occur that I'm sure we'll be talking about. You know, this has to be, you know, worth something. So as I worked over the last 10 years to try to find ways to assist the Russian state, you know, we did get a contract for 20 years to become the trade managers uh, of this incredible archive that includes, you know, the works of Eisenstein. You know, Eisenstein, uh, the Russian filmmaker, um, created the whole concept of film editing or called montage. So, you know, the, the Russian or Soviet uh, filmmakers were really talented people. And so as we tried to help them assist uh, marketing these uh, films outside the former Soviet Union, then I began to think about how else could these, uh, uh, this content be used. And so in thinking that problem through, the whole concept of Snapsy uh, kind of emerged in my own head, and that is how do you get content off the shelves uh, and electronically into end-users' hands, not just filmmakers like myself who can use such content in documentary film series or feature films, but how do you get it into kids' hands who are, uh, I believe Joe mentioned the, world, the, the word or suggest the word social media. How do you connect the worlds of social media and film archives. 
So in, in doing all that, I also discovered that, hey, this uh, really is a great tool for the filmmaker in the converged environment, meaning that in this web-based system that we were creating, one can store all one's work, can access it anytime, anywhere, can create different versions you know, on the fly of one's work. So when you're out trying to, to impress someone, or as filmmakers are always trying to do, we're always trying to find uh, support for the next project. So no matter where we are, we can access using a Snapseed-like system. We can you know, create uh, demo tapes, uh, or not de- tapes, there I go again, talking in, in the old world, <laughs> world terms. We can create uh, on-the-fly demos that uh, are tailor-made for each situation. So, you know, Snapseed's quite, um, you know, quite the great tool for someone like me. So let's, let's talk about convergence for, for just a minute. Um, when I think of the blending of online connected content channels, with the traditional push-style formats, this idea of a bunch of different forms of information or media uh, of, of content coming together on what we often think of as a single device, like you know maybe the laptop replacing the TV and the stereo and all this kind of stuff in, in the home, when, when I think what we're, what we're really talking about um, in convergence is, is this idea of not so much a single device, but a single pipeline, a single connection to this sort of sort of great storehouse of stuff that, that, that we can kind of all get in one place through, through one method and, uh, and, and so on. This, this idea of a single pipeline, you know, and so on to this content, what are the opportunities and exposure for film? And, Joe, from your perspective, for the marketing channels associated with film or from, from the marketing of film that sort of arrive with or are, are helped by, uh, by this, this notion of convergence? The idea of convergence is essentially that there are multiple points, as, as you say, converging on uh, what effectively is going to be one channel. And I think that the key for marketers and for filmmakers who are themselves marketers, and I think who are going to more and more become their own marketers and their own self-distributors, is that they can access that point of convergence from from many different places so that the ways to monetize any given piece of content, whether in its initial days of release or 40 years down the road when it's, when it's not left on the shelf. I mean, really, especially in the world of independent film, it, it's unbelievable what gets left on the shelf traditionally. There are phenomenal films that have been made over the last 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years that have won awards that have been in distribution and for the fact that they're not represented by a major studio as part of a standing library uh, under a perpetual license with that studio they're really no longer represented they're just left on the shelf and that's not going to really happen anymore um, with the kinds of things that Mitchell is talking about and and uh, the kind of rights marketplace that Without a Box is uh, talking about and launching early next year, there will be a place for independents to hang their content in perpetuity and still maintain control over their rights, even if they're not personally managing that content. A system of sorts will be managing that content and feeding it into the pipe that you're talking about. And with that content and a knowledge uh, of the metadata around that content, what it's about, who's interested in it, that kind of thing, advertisers are going to be able to match themselves up with it. Or if not advertisers, then paying consumers are going to be able to match themselves up with it through uh, impressive schemes like collaborative filtering, uh, which really holds a lot of promise. I don't think it's there yet but it will be, and, and this idea of matching a person with a piece of content, possibly with, with an advertisement, is very powerful. So this, this sounds a lot to me like, like a classic sort of a, a long-tail business model actually coming to life. Is, is that the case? Well, very much so, yes. I, I think that, you know, the long-tail has been proven... Um, Certainly for things like books, you know, Amazon 
uh, all but invented it, um, and, and, and still in a very rudimentary way. But more and more, when I'm out there looking at what's available, uh, it's just eye-opening. The, the idea that, uh, that, that struck me a little bit ago is that, is that clearly my favorite stuff in the world, the best stuff that I've ever seen, is not among the stuff that I've already seen, and not necessarily even the stuff that has yet to be made. It's already out there, and I just haven't been able to find it. And more and more things get handed to me that are the best stuff that I've seen being in the middle of this, and I know there's more of it out there, and I know that the same is true for anyone. There's stuff that is is more meaningful to us or is scarier if you're into scary or is funny or if you're into funny or whatever it is, but there's better stuff than we've seen then because, because what we've seen has largely been diluted by the mass media. Mm-hmm. Mitchell, from, from your perspective? Well, I think, you know, for me, uh, convergence uh, can mean a lot of things. I think at the, at the end of the day, as an independent filmmaker trying to find my way, it's, it's really a confusing uh, new world. Um, you know, related to the whole idea of convergence is, um, I think what really, really, uh, what it means to me is that um, the consumer um, is going to have less and less time to, um, you know, look at films because they're going to be barraged on that one device that might follow them everywhere, you know, with uh, all kinds of different uh, kinds of, you know, media experiences. So the independent filmmaker, you know, as Joe rightly said, really has to become really a new kind of marketer. I, of course, independents, smart independents have always been marketers, but they're going to have to be even smarter marketers in the, in the future to compete with, you know, the big studios who uh, may be losing their control of the distribution pipe, but they have huge amounts of cash to market with. So that means that you know, I think filmmakers always have to know who their core audiences are, and they have to do a much better job of defining those core audiences. And number two is they have to find sponsors who can support, um, you know, who have, who have basically the same interest in those core audiences. And I think Joe alluded to that as well. And I think also, uh, again, the more things change, the more they remain the same. I think with the long tail... It means that maybe you have revenues coming in forever, but those revenues, you know, might be relatively modest, not enough to pay, you know, the rent. So, you know, the, you know, the same thing uh, becomes true as we all, have, independent filmmakers, really have to have, uh, or better, uh, most of us better have a another source of income. Well, we're going to talk about that. We're going to take a break here for a minute. Uh, again, this is Dave Evans. We're on Webmaster Radio FM with the Ad Tech Connect show. We're talking with Joe Newlight and Mitchell Johnson. Joe without a box, Mitchell at Snapsy. We'll be back in just a few minutes. Sit tight and don't move. Ad Tech Connect. We'll be right back. Cyberspace, the final frontier. These are the voyages of your new business enterprise. It's ongoing mission to explore strange new domains, to seek out new sites and new monetizations, to boldly go where no one has gone before. WebmasterRadio.fm. So logical. You'll go out of your Vulcan mind. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. Dude, fishing in Costa Rica is going to be awesome. Amen, bro. Now that Value Click Media had netted Fast Click, we've got one of the largest online advertising networks fishing us for big bucks. You know, while we're out catching snapper. Hey, Steve, you're coming too, right? No, I'm still using BenAsRUs.com. I can't afford to be away. You've got to work with Value Click Media. I got this great account manager who's easy to work with, and they have access to the best advertisers and earn me high rates. Don't worry, we'll bring back pictures. Yeah, terrific. Visit Value Click. 
Media now and click on Solutions for Publishers for more details. Value Click Media. Are your domains working hard enough for you? Now, park your portfolio at RevenueDirect.com to maximize your earnings on traffic with Revenue Direct's proven domain monetization service. You'll experience better payouts, more options, and smart optimization. Sign up free now at RevenueDirect.com. It's that easy. Revenue Direct. Make more money. Period. Attention webmasters. Wish you could convert more web traffic into cash? No need to rub a lamp. Just click on GenieKnows.com. Install a search box on your site or incorporate paid listings XML into search results. And at your command, GenieKnows.com pays cash for each result your users click on. Enjoy prompt payment and superior customer service. Earn even more through our referral program. GenieKnows has delivered results. G-E-N-I-E-K-N-O-W-S.com. Travels to the exotic far reaches of the world to uncover the answers you've been searching for. Webmaster Radio presents Good Karma with your mystical host, Good ROI Greg Island. Let's now travel through the dense jungles and burning hot sands of the desert and into the treacherous dark caves of the web and listen in on a preview of Good Karma. Tell me, oh great sage, I am new to the internet. What do I need to know? Hello, Dr. Jones. I will take you to the Well of Souls and into the great city of cyberspace, where I will teach you everything you need to know. Whether you be a newbie or an experienced internet explorer, you will find the answers you seek every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, right here on Good Karma. Here, please hold my snake. Not snakes. I hate snakes. Find your good karma every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio. You have arrived at the destination for education and entertainment. WebmasterRadio.fm Because not everyone's last name is Gates. WebmasterRadio.fm We're everywhere. Now, back to AdTech Connect, only on WebmasterRadio.fm. Here's your host. Good afternoon. This is Dave Evans. We're back on AdTech Connect on Webmaster Radio FM. We're talking with Joe Newlight, president of Without a Box, and Mitchell Johnson, chief executive officer and founder of Snapsy. Uh, Mitchell and Joe, we've been talking about uh, some of the issues with independent film, with uh, fragmentation of media, you know, some, some of the sort of popular things. What I'd like to get into is marketing and its role within, uh, within some of the new platforms. Uh, Joe, can you briefly describe your business model? How is it that Without a Box stays in business? Um, well, hard work mostly. <laughs> but uh, Without a Box con- continues to grow essentially in the way that it always has, which is by its users uh, in the early days, filmmakers and festivals, basically affirming that it makes their lives easier in some way to transact whatever it is that they do, which is pretty much what businesses do in general. And really by organizing the confusion that Mitchell was talking about um, that's really prevalent in independent film and only accelerating. Joe, may I interrupt you? Yeah. I want to say I have a testimonial for you. Uh, I'm, I was an early user without a box and I found it very valuable as a filmmaker. I appreciate that. That's great. The way that we brought film festivals all to one spot and laid them out in a way that filmmakers could compare apples to apples, and rather than make a part-time job of submitting to film festivals, which is what it was for me and for David, which is how we first came upon the concept of Without a Box, was, was really to streamline a process so that we could spend more time making our films and, and getting them into distribution and, and less time um, becoming marketers. Filling out application forms. <laughs> right. We don't, so that we don't, we don't have a whole team of people working with us. We don't have the same kind of infrastructure. So in a way, it becomes a substitute for the infrastructure and the personnel that major studios have. So we charge appropriate fees along the way to support and grow what we're doing. And we believe that what we're doing basically benefits everyone who uses it. We kind of see ourselves as the handshake between all of the parties. 
and that in the end it increases the whole of what exists and it gives more power to to all of this. So to the extent that we can continue to organize that in terms of uh, rights tracking and self-distribution, you know, we're, we're really happiest as we make money for the people who use us because they're also really hard workers. And, you know, those are the people who are pushing the boundaries. So we make a bit of money on each festival submission, a bit of money on advertising. We'll make commissions for DVDs and downloads and through tickets that are sold through our channels at film festivals or filmmakers who sell tickets to their own screenings that they're initiating, um, subscriptions for buyers uh, who access our rights database, closing costs on rights transactions through our rights marketplace. We have a consulting division. I mean, the majority of our business really looks like a utility with small incremental fees that add up to support what we're doing. Super. And Mitchell, within Snapsy, you've created a platform that monetizes, you know, not only eyeballs, the, the sort of standard approach to here's, here's an online business, let's, let's see how we can pay for it, um, but also generates revenue based on content licensing, you know, and so on. Can you describe a little bit about how Snapsy makes money? And then what I want to do is put these two things together and talk about how marketers can participate in this, uh, both as partners and how they can use these channels to then reach their audience. Okay. Well, uh, what we plan to do is uh, what we're bringing, bringing together are content owners, sponsors, or advertisers, and users. So that um, we're, we're starting out really working with larger sort of B2B uh, business model where we're enabling, for example, one of our first users is Intel uh, in Russia. But Intel has a huge education program. They're spending about a billion dollars the next five years uh, bringing technology to school kids and teachers. And so we are working with Intel to bring the Snapsy tool set and systems to kids and teachers using WiMAX technology in Russia. So uh, another client, if you will, is World Without Waves, which is this independent film that another one of our companies uh, has created, and uh, you know, I had the, you know, the privilege of you know, making that film. And so the issue there is how can we support an independent filmmaker in monetizing a rather, uh, say, um, unusual feature film? As we mature and, and keep adding those kinds of B2B users, then we think our consumer use of the system will grow and will and we'll then morph into more of a, a B2C. While I'll continue to be, be doing B2B, we will morph into more of a B2C model. Um, as we do that, then once we have the unique users that we need, then um, our plan is to um, allow users to choose what sponsor they would like to have in their Snapsy user interface. And so that would mean that when we go out and we would gather uh, sponsors interested in developing relationships with our kinds of users in different demographic buckets, if you will. And so then when the user signs up, they could either subscribe to the system, which most people don't want to do, or they can get it free. If they get it free, they have to give us basic demographic information. And then once they've done that, then we will allow them to choose from a list of sponsors that uh, are interested in having a relationship with them. And so Snapsy will be paid for them uh, and on a measured, targeted basis. That money will be collected. And then pro rata going back to the content owners, which... Uh, Snapsy will represent. So our, our plan would be to bring in, uh, let's say, uh, filmmakers like Joe, either with Joe, for example, who could be a potential prospect for, you know, working with Snapsy, or let's say big archives like the Russian archives, which we do happen to represent, or uh, even small uh, independent uh, stock footage creators who have been disenfranchised in recent years by consolidation in the stock footage industry by the Corbis and Getty and those kinds of big players, uh, a Snapsy-like system now would 
uh, you know, using Thomas Friedman's uh, The World is Flat kind of uh, thinking, you know, it, uh, this kind of technology flattens the, uh, you know, the world. It levels the playing field. So all of a sudden now the smaller high-quality stock footage uh, people have the opportunity to uh, find their users and, be, and allow that to be monetized. And even the individual uh, social media, the amateur who's created a piece of video, they can also uh, receive royalties based on usage. Um, so anyway, we could. Uh, so that, I would say that would be uh, eventually our largest source of revenue. Uh, beyond that, we're also looking at models like working with sponsors to create, if you will, branded stock footage libraries for people to use. Whether that's uh, a BMW who might create the ultimate. Uh, library of cars driving by various kinds of locations and different angles and, and that kind of thing. Um, I, I can see other companies creating footage that then can be pulled into either professional or amateur proje uh, projects, uh, and we would plan to make money by making or facilitating that kind of activity as well. And then finally, yes, we would work with our B2B um, uh, companies like, uh, let's say, uh, the Russian archives, and and streamline the whole process whereby filmmakers can more quickly, easily, and more you know efficiently uh, license material for their professional product. Super. So it's, it sounds to me like like in both cases, what we what we really have are platforms, both platforms for content, content distribution, and that kind of thing, the, the direct application. But we also have these platforms for marketers looking to, uh, you know, something that, that's near and dear to my heart, this, this whole notion of integration, this, this notion of additional places that we can go and reach people and where we can do this in ways where we can talk about, speak to the brand, reinforce various uh, uh, brand attributes as, as marketers and so on, and create a, a much richer platform for different types of consumers, you know, and so on, uh, in, in this idea of not necessarily targeting a specific consumer or a specific mass of consumers, but rather saying, we know that all of these different consumers are out there. Joe, I think you touched on this when, when you said this idea of if you want funnier, we have funnier, it's just not available to you. It already exists, you just don't know about it. If you want scarier, we have, we have scarier, it's just not available to you. So we've got this idea of actually having something for everyone so that when that person discovers it, that person now has the ability to connect to it, enjoy it, you know, and so on, sort of raise their hand and identify themselves, and then even more importantly, to share that with other people that they happen to know who also like funnier or scarier. Um, and in this way, we sort of really, really get at some of the challenges that, that face, um, you know, contemporary integration uh, and so on. What, uh, if you have a, a quick thought on that, and then we're going to jump to a break in about a minute. Joe or, or Mitchell, any, any closing thought on that? Um, well, I, I think that you make some key points, and, and what it really comes down to is establishing value for the end consumer. And when it is that thing that's more meaningful or funny or scary or whatever it is, I mean, there's a feeling that we all get when we watch something that, fills us up in whatever way, in whatever of those ways. And, and that's where we're willing to watch an advertisement, and, and that advertisement has more meaning because that's who brought it to us, or that's where we're willing to lay down our $10 or whatever it is, or that's where we're willing to forward it on to 20 friends and say, you've got to see this. And in a sense, what I see happening is, uh, I mean, not to not to go into the stratosphere here too much, but it's it's really it's really an increase in overall value uh, in the world. I mean, people people will have the opportunity to live more richly through the media that they find. It's almost it's almost consciousness raising in that sense, even if it's even if it's frivolous stuff or or stuff that we look at and we say that that's drivel. I mean, the fact is, it's just going to elicit. Uh, a reaction at a, at a deeper level than some of the more cleansed stuff we're used to seeing. 
Exactly. Well, we're going we're gonna to jump off here for a second. We're going to uh, take a quick commercial break. When we come back, Mitchell, I want to pick up on something that you talked about, the idea of the emergence of search as the all-important feature of, uh, you know, sort of the, the, the use of the Internet and, and particular, in particular its role in online marketing. So when we come back, more from Joe and Mitchell. Again, this is Dave on Webmaster Radio FM with AdTech Connect. Sit tight and don't move. AdTech Connect. We'll be right back. Wizards, rainmakers, rock stars, gorillas, and gurus. WebmasterRadio.fm. Come visit our magical Webmaster Wonderland. We got a mouse, too. WebmasterRadio.fm. We're everywhere. AdTech New York. AdTech New York. The number one event for interactive marketing takes place November 6th through 8th. AdTech New York will feature groundbreaking sessions, hands-on technology showcase, advanced networking opportunities, and as always, hot, hot, sizzling parties. Hear the speakers, meet the exhibitors, and be part of tomorrow's buzz in today's digital world. From the alley to the avenue, it's AdTech New York, November 6th through the 8th. For more information, go to ad-tech.com. Ad-tech.com. Google AdSense, how do I earn from thee? Let me count the ways. Google, you enable me to show targeted ads complementing my site so my visitors keep clicking throughout the day and night. It was so easy to apply and select the ad formats I liked. Since I've discovered AdSense, I've been filled with delight. So earn more with matching ads, and you too can discover how. Just visit google.com slash AdSense now. Once a tool used exclusively for communicating with the media, PR Web was the first company to develop a distribution strategy around direct-to-consumer communication by implementing Web 2.0 technologies. PR Web has completed the online communication loop by directly engaging your audience with your news. For example, PR Web is the first newswire to integrate press release trackback. Whether you want to dominate your market or just make a little noise, PR Web is here to help. You thrive in the marketplace and the media. PR Web. Party like a rock star. I thought you were going to stay tonight, aren't you? Well, I am. I was originally going to, you know, try and a few extra people popping into town. Going to have to hook up a few beers and, you know, get stupid back. I almost got the feeling they were tossing back some drinks <laughs> or something. Maybe Matt has finally given up the Sprite. Party like a rock star. It is like after 7 o'clock down here, which means it's way past drinking time. Yep. I think I'm going to head out and we're going to go to this little club here called the Flying Saucer. Sit out on the patio, drink some Blue Moons. Party like a rock star. We'll sit down by the bay and have a, a nice evening uh, in Canada cocktail. Maybe you and I'll have to throw a party. We'll have to charge money to let people in, though. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it would be like the guys in high school charging three bucks a head for the two kegger in the backyard. Hey, that works for me. SEO Rockstars. Tuesdays at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on Webmaster Radio.fm. Open your windows. For a breath of fresh air, webmasterradio.fm. And hey, Mac, we're here for you, too. Webmasterradio.fm. We're everywhere. Now, back to AdTech Connect, only on webmasterradio.fm. Here's your host. This is Dave, and we're back on AdTech Connect. I'm talking with Joe Newlight, president of Without a Box. You can get more information about Without a Box by going to withoutabox.com online. And with Mitchell Johnson, chief executive officer of Snapsy and filmmaker, uh, producer of World Without Waves. You can learn more about Snapsy at Snapsy, S-N-A-P-S-E, dot com online as well. Mitchell and Joe, we've been talking about marketing, about film, independent film, the ideas in uh, in the long tail and, and so on. Uh, when we, when we last broke, we had just started talking about this idea of search as sort of the all-important uh, Internet tool and one of the center points of a lot of online marketing. Um, ad avoidance, this idea of consumers preventing interruptions, you know, and so on, further drives the importance of search. And, Mitchell, you made the point, and I want to I pick up here, on the notion of 
search, you know, and so on, doesn't necess- isn't necessarily bad for the incumbents. Um, given the cash that they have, they've actually got a leg up because they can essentially buy their way to the top of, of search. How do independent filmmakers respond to this? And then, Joe, feel free to, to you know, jump in here and talk about Without a Box and, and, and its approach and its tool set that it, that it brings to this. Well, Dave, I think we were speaking uh, before the program, you know, and we also talked about a little earlier about convergence. And I started thinking about what is what is, what is the big um, what what has the web really done? Uh, what are the big changes? And I think about you know media anytime, anywhere. I think about this whole uh, thing which Joe talked about. Uh, you know, hopefully the democratization of media distribution channels and. Uh, Friedman's idea, the flattening of the world, which means the leveling of the playing field, uh, hopefully. And, you know, for marketing, the kind of birth of a whole new way to develop relationships with users and this kind of thing. And so I think that, again, the more things change, the more they stay the same. I think what's going to happen is, and is happening, is there'll be you know, websites that will then, you know, again, start trying to aggregate users. Um, but for those truly trying to find independent uh, content, now the real problem is 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 search. Uh, how do we find, you know, what are the best ways to find the content that we're looking for? And so I think this is going to be probably the, uh, the key uh, uh, Ingredient, you know, for the future of media and media consumption, because uh, it doesn't do any good to have all this wonderful content that Joe was talking about uh, if uh, you know you can't find it easily. And 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 I guess just a final thought, Dave, and and we'll be competing. We being the independent ones, we'll be competing against uh, you know the big companies who now, while they don't control the distribution channels anymore, so to speak, they. They will spend a whole lot of money making it easy to find their content. Yeah, I think I think in a sense the first hurdle is 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 it's what's already happening, which is for independence as a whole um, or individual expression as a whole to start taking market share from the major media. And I think, as I said, we're already seeing that. I mean, we already see that just in the way that the major media has. As, as fractured and people are spending more time on the internet. The internet itself, um, in so many ways, is taking market share from traditional major media. Although they tend to buy it up then and, and co-opt it, there's that whole process as well. But and then and then there's kind of I, I think that that there's a new wave of search that's going to come, which is going to be more specialized search, more collaborative search, more filtering more uh, intuitive ways to browse um, perhaps sort of underground search engines, even alternative search engines, and certainly search engines where, where as consumers we're willing to give over more information to, you know, right now we don't tell Google a whole lot about ourselves when we're searching, although they have an uncanny way, I'm sure, of finding out a lot about us. But, you know, I think that there are search engines that will be putting more information into to get out of them exactly what we want. And it's people who are much smarter than I am and mathematicians and uh, statisticians and advertisers who will, you know, really be figuring out the complexities of all that. Super. Mitchell, um, do you want to take us further into this notion of uh, things that an independent filmmaker might do to market themselves? Um, you know, effectively, and then let's let's start to tie some of this to things that other marketers can do to either assist you or you know work alongside you in creating a really nice proposition for consumers as they're seeking the combination of entertainment and Joe, to your point, the sort of richer entertainment, uh, you know, more more user specific entertainment, and then at the same time trying to satisfy themselves in. All of the things that we all want to learn about. I mean, you know, all, all of us want to stay up on on, the, on the, the coolest stuff, the most hip stuff, and so on. How do we learn about things at the same time that we're delving into more specific content uh, in ways that we used to do? You know, for example, as a, as a mass audience of TV. How, what what is, what is the analog now? How do how do we do that going forward? Well, I, I think that I think I've already probably said um, I think the most important thing for a filmmaker sort of in the old environment and the new environment is to 
really understand um, their core audience. And um, I think in terms of the marketing, that will be trying to align themselves with um, you know, allies, uh, especially uh, marketing companies and others with, with cash, who, can, who are also interested in that same core audience, and then using technology uh, together to, um, you know, get their film uh, in front of those people. Yeah, it's, I, I want to pick up on your point about, you know, how do we find things? And I, I don't know if you're suggesting this, uh, Dave, but sort of how do we find things serendipitously? Um, if if everything we're finding is maybe what we're looking for or things that are targeted to us uh in the way that maybe as a as a culture as a whole we would all be watching the same television shows and sort of share share some something in common um, and and i think more than ever that that sort of exploration is really becoming possible i mean we don't watch tv in our house just because it doesn't really interest us, and it's almost never on. Maybe the occasional video for my three-year-old. I have a one-year-old, too. But, you know, it's interesting what happened, because as she was asking me questions about things, I would sometimes tell her a bit about it and say, you know, I can show you that on the computer. And sure enough, before bedtime, she would remind me, and we would sit down, and I would search Google or Google Images for the answers to her questions about the world. And we would look at, you know, pictures of castles or turtles or x-rays. Uh, she wanted to see what crooked teeth were like. I mean, I don't know how this stuff even came up. <laughs> and, you know, like, in searching for turtles, I came to YouTube. And we watched a turtle emerge from its shell into this stark sunlight over the course of about three minutes. And, it, you know, this was my first introduction to YouTube as a consumer. And, like, I really got it. You know, I got how it pertained to my life as a tool, not just as entertainment, not just as passive entertainment. So she had questions about, like, rockets, and we looked at rockets, and we talked about them. She asked about race cars for some reason. In seconds, we're looking at Formula One, NASCAR, stock cars, I mean, stuff that I don't even know about. I learned a lot. Uh, you know, she hasn't asked about party girls in bikinis yet, but, you know, there's this whole world coming to light now and we're all more likely to live it, you know, vicariously, you know, even telepresently, I think, in some cases, than by traveling our whole lives and knowing much less. Um, yeah, I would add um, to Joe's excellent point uh, that I think what I foresee is the kind of search technology that where the happy accidents are celebrated. And uh, we have a word for it in the Snapsy community. We call it uh, uh, the analogger. And so what the analogger does, it really helps create audiovisual analogs. And we plan to do that using you know, 3D technology and various other kinds of advanced uh, you know, metadata exchange uh, systems. But in any event, I think that kind of you know, search technology that celebrates the... Uh, the unintended is going to be more and more, um, you know, what's happening. Yeah, it's the, it's the associations uh, that get made, either, and, and, and those associations, as I think Mitchell's saying, can be uh, really programmed into the algorithms that, that do all this, and almost to, to act like the human brain in that sense, where associations are made rather than direct and obvious paths through content. A synchronicity creator. Mm-hmm. Exactly. What do you think about that, Dave? Is that too cosmic <laughs> for you? No, I, I think that's. I think that's. I think that's actually a a, a great term. Um, yeah, this this whole you know from from my perspective, it's it's the whole notion of there are there are all of these things that I want to learn about, and at the same time I want to live my life sort of you know without interruption. I definitely want to hear from marketers. I want to understand you know more about things that I'm interested in. And I want to cut out all the other stuff. And as, as humans, um, you know, a long time ago, we learned to tell the difference between the oranges and the tigers. Uh, you know, one is, is sort of good for us, and the other one can kill us. And we, we, we've got to be able to pick these things out in this complex world. Well, now we've got, what, what is the, I have no idea where the stat came from, but uh, we, we quote it all the time, this idea of 3,000 messages a day 
that are that are coming at us. You you pull into a Home Depot now, open your car door, look down. There's an advertisement on the uh, on the stripe that separates the parking spaces. I mean, at, at a certain point, enough is enough, and we just begin to like not see the stuff. Yet, we all want to know about new things. We all want to be you know sort of sort of up on the coolest stuff, and we have our circles of friends and so on, and, and ways of learning about this. And this whole idea of seeking cooler, richer, funnier, whatever it is that we're looking for. How do we how do we find this stuff if uh, if, if we don't have these channels where we where we can just learn about things that prior to that we would not have known about? Um, that's that's really sort of sort of one of the central issues. And I see both of these platforms as you know sort of taking a step in a, a big step in in that direction. So if uh, if either Joe or Mitchell, if you have a closing thought, and then I'm gonna I'm gonna take us out. Well. I would just say uh, I, I didn't do a particularly good job explaining how Snapsy is unique in the sense that um, we're using a technology which allows the uh, user to edit their own multimedia projects, but using content stored on servers that are distributed around the world. So in other words, the content, unlike YouTube, doesn't have to be on one server. It can be on the owner's uh, of the content server. And that, so that owner has a lot of security in uh, watching the, you know, what's happening with their content rather than just turning it over and allowing it to be copied uh, you know, into other people's servers. So I wanted to kind of make that clear. And otherwise, Dave, I just wanted to thank you for including me today. Mr. you're very welcome. Joe? Um. Well, I just want to say that it's it's really impressive what Mitchell is doing and so much of what's going on out there. And it sounds like Mitchell would be a great uh, partner and Snapsy would be a great partner for Without a Box because we're really trying to bring all of these resources uh, to one spot, almost as a control panel, where filmmakers can then uh, just access and, and organize them all and kind of uh, park themselves and stay on top of it. But... You know, to your points, Dave, it, this stuff is just never going to slow down. And I think, I think naively a lot of people are asking the question, what is going to become? What is going to become? What is this all going to settle into? And I don't think it's going to settle into anything like it did, you know, in the heyday of TV. No one's going to sit down on Tuesday evening and just watch TV like everybody did. Um, media is going to be coming in from all directions, you know, forever, and it's just going to be really a matter of how individuals decide to organize it for themselves and uh, how they want to pay attention to it. Dave, may I plug my, plug my film for 15 seconds? 15 seconds. Mitchell, you got 15 seconds. <laughs> Worldwithoutwaves.com. And, and here I am preaching about uh, advanced technology. And here's the, the, this film celebrates the life of a pole chopper. He's the guy who wants to destroy everything that I'm talking about. And so as an artist, you know, that sort of is my ultimate paradox and ultimate resolution to what Joe was talking about. That's where it ends, Joe. We've got we to do some pole chopping, and we have to also keep making a living in, in, the, world, uh, in the electric world, you know. Aye, aye. <laughs> there we go. I, th I thought I was the only person that saw the irony in the fact that uh, you had put out this film about a guy with a with an allergy to uh, electromagnetic radiation to, to media, and at the same time are, uh, are are bringing us this this media platform. Well, we're out of time, and uh, I'd like to thank both Joe and Mitchell, uh, all of our guests for making the show possible. Uh, in two weeks, Ad Tech Connect on Webmaster Radio FM will be highlighting the Ad Tech pre-show. For the New York conference. This is going to be a great, a must-hear for people wanting to get the most out of AdTech New York. For complete info, visit AdTech online, adtech.com, A-D-hyphen-T-E-C-H.com. From all of us at AdTech, this is Dave Evans signing off on Webmaster Radio FM. Have a great day.